Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah. Thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I am your host, Amos Ben-Michael. We're going to pick up last week's show and just do part two as we're talking about the weekly day of worship that God has given to us, and that is, in fact, the Shabbat. God has given uh, a weekly day of rest and refreshing, of worship and instruction, of corporate gathering, celebration. It's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful day that he gave to those that he redeemed and saved out of, out of Egypt. And uh, we noticed last week that the Gentiles were also invited to participate and to enter into this blessing of this weekly worship day. And then down through the time uh, uh, corridor, uh, we notice that as we get into the apostolic scriptures that Yeshua himself, along with the apostolic uh, um, Jewish leaders that were sent out, uh, they took this good news of not only the salvation offered through uh, the Messiah, but that these covenants of promise were also coming to the Gentiles in fulfillment of what was promised to Abraham. So we're going to jump back in and pick up where we left off last week. And again, I'd just like to welcome our guest, Dr. Randy Craig. How are you doing, and uh, are you ready for part two? I am ready. Thank you. Uh, last week was a blessing, and I look forward to continuing our dialogue on this important subject. Great. So we were in Exodus chapter 31, 12 through 17, and, and uh, we saw that God said, Hey, uh, my Sabbath, uh, this is a sign between me and you. This is going to identify you with me and me with you. And it does. Keeping Shabbat. Uh, automatically people know that has something to do with Israel. That has something to do with the chosen people, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we see this great mark of identification tied into the worship day that's that's given. Just like in Islam, Friday marks you out as, an, as a follower of Allah. And then also with Sunday, it marks you out as being a Christian in line with the papacy, or the Church of Rome, which is the main flow of Christianity today. So these worship days are important. They are marks of identity. So we left off in Exodus chapter 31, and I'm going to pick up uh, the reading here. I think it is, let's see, down in verse 14. It says, everyone, and this tells us how important this day is to God. It says, everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. Comments, Randy. Well, this is a hard passage for many of us raised in our culture. For, for those... Um, listening that are trying to observe the sabbath you you can feel that many times you feel like you're out of step with the culture you're going against the flow uh, you're in the minority and not the majority because our culture is not oriented toward a, a sabbath observance however if you look at this passage the, the person uh, that's described here who might be put to death was in the context of a um, culture that was sabbath keeping so 
for someone in that culture to work and profane the Sabbath, it would be more like just really a shaking your fist at God. He would have been, would have been going against the flow to break the Sabbath. Um, and so that's a little different perspective than we would typically see that. But it does point out that, uh, that God is God and we're not, and he gets the opportunity to define what his ways are. Yeah, and I think, too, and, and it's a great point, and, and I, I'm glad I don't live back in the days of Moses. Um, there was grace in, in the days of Moses, but since Yeshua came, there's grace upon grace. The grace is, is doubled, and so um, things are a little bit more relaxed, if you, if, if you would uh, you know, view in that sense. Um, but I do think that if the Sabbath is a memorial that proclaims and declares that God is the creator, the sovereign creator and ruler of everything in heaven and on earth, and that also it's also a memorial to his redemption, which is a forerunner to the spiritual redemption that we have in Messiah. And also that the day is a memorial to him as the one who sanctifies us and makes us holy. That that's a big deal. All that it communicates about God, that's a big deal. So if we're disregarding that in some ways, we're saying, I don't really view you or acknowledge you as the creator. You're not really the sovereign ruler of the universe. You're not really the redeemer, savior. You're not really the one who sanctifies. Yeah. All of a sudden I can understand why God's saying, Hey, this is a big deal. Pay attention. And uh, in the end, you're right. Um, if it's a big deal to God, it's a big deal. We don't get to define what a big deal is. And so you're, 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 you're exactly right. Part of our uh, growth in faith is learning to hate what God hates and love what he loves. Yes. Our culture champions tolerance, but the problem is the uh, culture is championing tolerating what God does not tolerate. Uh, so as believers, we do go against the flow. As we embrace his ways and learn to love him, we learn to love what he loves and we learn to hate what he hates. That's good. That's good. Okay, verse 16. So the sons of Israel or the children of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. I think, I think uh, what's clear here is this is, uh, it's not a, it's, it, it, it's something that's intended for all of human history and, and something that God said, I want you to celebrate this, enjoy this, be refreshed, be blessed in all of your generations. And so we know that that would not change, that God had no intent to, to change that. Um, and I'm thankful that, that he has not changed it. Uh, the question is, is do we, or did we as followers of Yeshua have the right or authority to change the day of worship to another day? Did we have that authority? You know, it's interesting. This I think this goes back to some comments you made on the last show, uh, and it has to do with identity. Uh, when we begin to look at the Hebrew Scriptures and the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is our God, and the Hebrew Scriptures is our Scriptures, and the, and the people of Israel as our people, it really does change our perspective in all this. And it's a little easier uh, to come to the realization of His ways and not our ways. Yes. I think when, when in, in post-apostolic Christianity, because that's when the change came, 
um, in post-apostolic Christianity in the in in the beginning of the second century on, um, there was a big shift, and uh, Gentile believers started to disassociate themselves from the Jewish people, and even from the covenants, and even from the Torah, and they began to embrace the the, the ways of Rome to demonstrate that they're good Roman citizens and try to escape the the persecution that was really flaring up against. Uh, uh, the Jewish people. I think it's interesting that as they shifted and changed the day of worship so as to communicate to Rome, we are not part of Israel. We are not connected to the Jewish people. That what that communicated over the centuries has been this phenomenon of we are separate, we're not connected, we are Christians. And that communicates we're not part of Israel. In fact, it goes so far as to say in some circles, we're the new Israel. We replace Israel. Um, and so when I think of, of Sunday and worshiping on Sunday, and I don't judge anyone that, that worships on Sunday or any day for that matter, who am I to judge anyone? Uh, but um, when I see someone that's keeping Sunday, I never think of them as, oh, th- those are the ones that are connected to Israel and the Jewish people and, and to the God of Israel. I never, I, n- I always think, oh, that's Catholicism. Yeah. Even, even the Protestants, I think you're not, you're not, the protest is over. The church already made up with you and already admitted that we're saved by grace through faith and faith alone, not by works. So the, the protest is over, guys. Wake up. You're, you are the daughters of the Roman Catholic Church. And all the Protestants put together are merely a drop in the bucket, numerically, compared to the one billion plus Catholics in the world today. And so the Protestants are really, they are, by extension, a part of Roman Catholicism. And that's why they keep Sunday. It was the invention of the Roman Church. And, um, and, and when you think about that, and I don't judge them for that, I just think, wow, you've kind of lost your connection to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And even Jesus in his Jewishness, presents a host of problems. And Jesus had to be de-Judaized along the way as well. And uh, as kind of an offshoot to this whole discussion, I think of Joseph being rejected by his brothers, handed over to the Egyptians, the Gentiles, and then those Egyptians dress him up with Egyptian ways and Egyptian clothes so that his own brothers could no longer recognize who Joseph was. They thought he was an Egyptian ruler. And I think in Christianity today, divorcing itself from the chosen people, from the Torah, and de-Judaizing Jesus, is it any wonder the Jewish people look at Christianity and Jesus and see nothing Jewish about it at all? You know, it's, it's almost that same phenomenon. I know we're off track, you know. Any comments on that before we get back on track? Well, um, Many of the problems you've pointed out um, go back to the decision uh, many, many years ago that you, that you alluded to when the people of God chose a new identity, a new identity as citizens of Rome. Yes. Now, see, in reality, the people of God never had the choice of choosing the identity. That was right. made for us by grafting us in and making us a part of Israel. But that one choice to choose a new identity led to everything else that you've described. Yes, that's right. That is so true. That's so true. So uh, it goes on in verse 17. Uh, He says again, he says again, 
Uh, I want you. I want you to keep this throughout your generations. It's a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. Then he gives the reason, and in this passage, it has to do with creation. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. And so, um, and he gives different reasons in different passages for why we're to observe the Sabbath. But the point is, is this: he wants us to do it forever. Because it's a sign, a sign between us and him. And that's powerful. And uh, I want that. And I want to be identified with the chosen people. I want to be identified with Israel. I want to be identified with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus, Jesus himself was Jewish. And he's coming back as the line of the tribe of Judah. He has one flock, not two. He has one flock. And he has grafted us into that flock and made us one with his people. Verse 18, when he finished speaking upon, uh, uh, with him upon Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written by the finger of God. Now, I want us to, we're going to kind of close this part of the show up. Uh, but Randy, when, when, when we think of the Ten Commandments, um, th- there used to be a time early in our lives uh, where everyone embraced the Ten Commandments, even though they they didn't keep the fourth, and even even the ones related to idolatry, at least they said, no, these are the commandments. These are for Christians too. And uh, when you think about that, that's a powerful thing. But today, even the Ten Commandments are being questioned, not only in our secular uh, aspects of our society, but even in the church now. Among certain denominations, they're saying even the Ten Commandments are not for the believer. The believer's free from the law. Does that shock you? Does that bother you? Is is that like a a problem? Absolutely. And I think it's important to realize that this decision is connected to previous decisions. This is almost like the bull the frog in the boiling water. Yeah. Illustration of the analogy. It's happened slowly, it's happened gradually. But once absolute truth is rejected by a culture, anything goes. So that what was abhorrent one generation ago is tolerated today. And then celebrated tomorrow. And celebrated tomorrow. That's right. You know, uh, I thought, you know, I've watched this um, breakdown and redefinition of the family for uh, about, I think it's been about, well, I think back in 2008, this thing was ramped up and ready to go to the Supreme Court. So the nation has really been um, embroiled in this for quite some time. Um, but I thought to myself, you know what? Uh, most Christians lose the argument over and over and over because they already gave up um, the commandments as a way of life early on in history. So if I can change the day from Sabbath to Sunday, why not redefine marriage? What stops me from redefining anything or changing any of the commandments? Um, and I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing uh, the complete upheaval of all of the commandments, one by one, falling like dominoes all around us. Would history have been different? Would our nation have been different? Would the church at least have been different had they stayed in the olive tree that they were grafted into? Had they embraced the covenant as a way of life? Had they embraced the Jewish people as their brothers and sisters? 
I would dare say, I think we would have a much stronger, stronger um, dialogue and much more persuasive in our nation had we stayed the course. But the whole thing seems like it broke down and it's been, it's been horrible. Well, let's just kind of put a bow on this as we close it. Um, do you want to be identified with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Join a Messianic congregation. Start keeping the Shabbat. It will mark you out. It will help you connect with not only the people of God, but the God who saved his people. Do you want to be identified with the God of Israel? Join a Messianic congregation. Start keeping Shabbat. Do you want to be identified with his chosen people, the Jewish people? Join a Messianic congregation and start keeping Shabbat. We are not saying this is a salvation issue. It's not. It's an identity issue. If you want to be identified with the Jewish people, you know, people talk about loving Israel all the time, but we got to go beyond words. We need to really kind of connect once again through Messiah with the chosen people and stand with the chosen people and stay true to the covenant. And I think that'll be a tremendous witness to the world all around us. So if you're if you're thinking, you know, I would like to kind of experience more of the roots of my faith. Well, this is a great place to start. Start by observing the Shabbat. Visit a local messianic congregation and begin to reconnect with Israel and the God who has saved her. The God who sent his son not only to redeem Jewish souls but also Gentile souls. Final comment, uh, Randy, before we close. Well, amen. And for those of you out there that are already acting on what um, is being said, you are taking stands and driving stakes in the ground, which is helping uh, restore and get back what's been lost. Yes, thank you very much. Well, that concludes our program. Thanks for being on the show, Dr. Randy. Uh, Craig, it's been uh, great having you with us. Uh, special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. I'm your host, Amos Ben Michael, and until our next show, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Pose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www dot grafted in that's g-r-a-f-t-e-d-i-n dot com god bless you and shalom